Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. I'm John. How's it going, Zach? Good. How's our technology set up? Uh, hopefully better this time. This is our second time recording, and uh, listeners, I'm sure you noticed the variant version intro music today, which obviously means you're in for a bonus episode. Yes. And just like I said last time that we recorded this, the variant theme song kind of fits because we're talking about all these variant Spider-Men. Oh, yeah. And the the style and the atmosphere and the tone of everything maybe changes as they enter new worlds. <laughs> just wow, like Zach. The song. Just like the song. Yeah. Um so, of course, that means, like any good Spider-Man podcast, we're going to be talking today about the incredible new movie that just came out. Uh, is it Across the Spider-Verse? <laughs> yeah, we're on the ball here. Yeah, What's the it, name of this movie? <laughs> well, they only changed this one, one is word. Across the, yeah, this one is Across the Spider-Verse. I yep. knew that was right, but I still wanted to check. Yep. Um... Should we, like, are we going to spoil this thing? I mean, I'm sure we at some point will. Yeah, how about this? How about right now we give, like, our 60-second non-spoilery reviews for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, and then they can come back and listen to, you know, the rest of the episode where we go into, you know, some spoilery details. Okay. So, John, what did you think of it overall? Um... I thought it was really good, just like during Guardians. I cried through a lot of it, <laughs> which doesn't mean it's happy or sad or anything. But, um, you know, I, I thought that it was really good. I was pretty, like, into it the entire time. Um, and then and then uh, maybe one thing I would say is it, it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger, which I didn't know at all, but it's very much sets up the sequel to itself, which I guess would be the third movie in the trilogy, which I did not know that that was going to happen. I kind of thought that that we were in for like a full on story. So so that, you know, maybe that's one thing to know going into it. Yeah, they had a lot of world building that they had to set up before they could really get into the meat of the plot. And it was already running so long. They definitely, if they had tried to finish it in this movie, it would have felt very crammed. Yeah. Um, but, I, but still, I thought it was great. Very. Um, and, and here's one thing that's not a spoiler at all, Zach, but they are in earth 1610. Did you know this already? I have or did some you thoughts learn about that, that watching it. Okay, I'm sure that was one of the things that I wrote down that I'm like, well, we have to, uh, I mean, we just have to talk about this because theoretically, that means that the universe that we are reading about right now is the same universe that Spider-Verse, the main one, takes place in. That's just a future universe. Which we know is not the case, though. Well, you know, time can be in flux, Zach. You don't watch Doctor Who, so you don't understand these things. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's not that I'm wrong. Maybe I'm I'm just misinformed. Um Yeah. I don't know. Um, I I did catch that too, but I have some thoughts. I have problems um, with it for like nerd reasons. Well, well, I'll say to give it a review like we always do, a non-spoiler here. Uh I would say that it, I would put it at about 87 out of 100 variant Spider-Man. Yeah, and 87 Yep. Okay. Um I'll I'll just lead with my score. I'd give it like a ninety five out of a hundred variant Spider Man. Okay. Um it's just I'm so sure fun. you'll I'm sure you will get my score up by the end of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll convince you. It's I mean, it's just so fun and the art is so good. And when I say the art is so good, it's like it's not that like in the first movie they had one really unique style that they mastered. They have like a hundred unique styles that they master. Well, even even in the first movie, each of the new characters was drawn in their comic, like was drawn differently. You know, the animation style was different for each of the characters that was in the movie. 
right, from different universes. How much more they had to do that yeah. for this one? Oh yeah, because oh, instead yeah. of just like one character that would be like that, it'd be like the entire scene. Yeah. Um, the story was great. The the characters I think were all really compelling. The thing I was worried about with some of my favorite spider people that were coming into this movie. And we'll get into this later. I was afraid, Oh, it'd be so easy to just make them like window dressing, just make them, you know, Hey, look, isn't that quirky? There's a, there's this kind of Spider-Man out there. And you certainly get that with some of them, but the ones that I was worried about them just kind of glossing over and, you know, not really making into actual characters they absolutely didn't do that. So yeah. It gives you a lot of people to kind of enjoy and understand and root for or root against. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the villain? Okay. Spot, which I, I don't think is a spoiler. I, 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 I was going to say, there's like maybe two villains you could be talking, I guess potentially even three or no, four I'm, I'm talking by about the spot. end. Okay. Um, I thought it was cool. I they've always kind of treated him like he's this very silly character and I've always thought his power was like no wait actually how do you stop him? Like that guy could be yeah. so overpowered. And I think they kind of figured that out in this movie. Um yeah, that's that's funny because that was one thing that I was thinking during well I don't know. We might. I might start start getting close to to spoilers. I. It's funny you say silly because one of the things about him was like he seems a bit too silly to be the main villain of the movie, kind of. Um, and which I wouldn't like, say he is. I think. I mean. Uh, he kind of, I, <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, we should probably, sh we should probably sh okay, sh shut it off. You guys heard the ratings. If if you haven't seen the movie, which I'm sure everybody has at this point, I don't think anyone's going to click on it beyond across the Spider-Verse podcast review without watching the movie. But okay, I think I think we can get into it. Where do yeah. you want to start? <laughs> well, you were already sharing some thoughts about Okay, so thought. so at the beginning of the movie, I was like this guy's a bit silly for me, you know? Um, but then I was also thinking like, boy, but how is, how are they going to stop him? And I was hoping that they would just like, he was going to be like the one that they like dispatch of and it kicks off like the real movie. And then the fact that he did end up being the main villain, like I, I do, I do find him very compelling, but he does just seem a bit silly to me for like being the main ultimate uh like villain now once he like ascends and he starts getting like angry and kind of all-knowing then it's much cooler see i felt like he could be the main villain for the third movie which might you know position him as like the main villain of the whole story but i think for the majority of this movie the the conflict was between Miguel Spider-Man 2099 and Miles, you know, cause Miles is trying to get yeah. home and save his dad. Only at like and Miguel the is, end. I, okay. Right. But at the end of, you know, whatever story you're telling, like yeah. that's the, yeah. that's yep. the rising action and the climax. And oh, yeah. Spot Falling wasn't, action. yeah, spot Resolution. wasn't there for, yes. Yeah, spot wasn't there for any of that. He was, um, in the but background. He, but he was though because they were literally like showing videos of him doing the killing and he was like ascending during all of this like in the background like you're kind of right but he's in the background like becoming the like ultimate villain while Peter and like I don't think Miguel is necessarily the villain I think you know, he's the antagonist. Um, because he was like a good guy for most of this movie. And even at the, I don't know. Now, now we're, we're jumping around. We've never done this before. Yeah. This is a different form, <laughs> you know, which is, which is fine, but, but I don't want to lose track of if, if you're ever talking about something, but I don't like Miguel 
was a genuinely good guy, it seemed, to start. And he's, like, running this supposedly, you know, um, like, good or organization that's, like, trying to do right and, like, save the multiverse, right? Isn't it going to all, like, collapse if they don't do it? So... I don't. I don't think he's the villain any more than like any all of the Spider Men in that place that are ch- that are chasing him are villains. I mean, I think he's interesting. I, I I'd call him maybe an antagonist more than a villain. Yeah, but he's definitely yeah. the main, most immediate thing that yeah that you know Spider Man is trying I think to it will, take on. It will really depend on what happens in the third movie to see like what type of character he is. Yeah, it almost felt like, you know how, like, the the three types of conflict in a story is, like, man versus self, man versus, man man, versus man nature, versus nature man, man versus man. Technology. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You added technology. Okay, yes. so, okay. But this concept, it almost felt like Miguel wasn't a person in the story as much as he was a force of nature. He was a representation of the things you can't change. And yeah. that's what Miles was opposed to. And I I found that really interesting. Yeah. Um. So what did you think of this, like, big Spider-Man organization? Um, I was, I mean, I was fine with it. I was kind of, obviously it was You cool. have a lot more comic knowledge of what, which, you know. As far as I know, some of those aren't even in the comics. Some of them is just they had freedom to make, like, I don't know, a monster truck Spider-Man or whatever, yeah. whatever the, you know, they came up with. Some of them did appear. I was happy to see the kitty cat Spider-Man because that was one of my favorites. Okay, so so I – okay, yeah. That was- in, the, in the Spider-Verse comic, there was a kitty cat Spider-Man, and I was like – Oh hell yeah! I'm like ride or die for this <laughs> this Spider Man, and then um, awesome. the inheritors ate its soul and killed it, uh, and it was very sad. And they were like Zach's, holding Zach's it by cat the jumped up in the background while I we were know. talking about Spider Cat. Yeah, they were like holding it by the scruff of its neck, and it was just hanging there like a cat does. And it looked like such a cute drawing until you realized what was happening was it was getting killed. Oh, so I was glad um, to see a a spider yeah. kitty that was thriving here. Yeah, um, yeah, there were some there were some good ones. I guess more what I meant was, what do you think of this like Spider Man organization that like knows all about like the canon events of being Spider Man and you know th- just things like that. Yeah. And there's like a million of them. I think it was really smart, and I think it's very meta because, you know, it it kind of organically developed that way where it's like back in the 60s, you know, uh, Stan Lee and, you know, Steve Ditko or Stan Lee and John Romita Jr., who are senior. Sorry, I I need to real quick. I I feel bad that I didn't do this earlier. Um, The Spider-Man community is mourning this week. We did lose John Romita Sr., who's probably the most iconic spider-man artist of all time um he died at like 93 his son john ramita jr still works for marvel is still drawing spider-man they're like the dale earnhardt and dale earnhardt jr of like comics art so oh well that's too bad rest in peace john ramita yeah um but what i was saying is like it started out where you had those original stories and everyone likes them. And then, you know, Oh, there's always a new cartoon. There's always a new movie. There's going to be a video game and they're just drawing from the same things until it did happen like this to where, you know, these stories keep getting retold across multiple iterations. Yeah. And I think it was cool to kind of, you know, nod to that. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that Spider-Man has existed for like over 50 years now as kind of the flagship character for Marvel. And here in the last 10 or so years, we've seen what he represents kind of change. And it used to be like Captain Britain was the Marvel multiverse character. That's not the case anymore. Now it's like you think multiverse, what's one character that, that epitomizes that it's Spider-Man. 
and it gives them the opportunity to make all these other marketable Spider-Man that they can sell. Yeah. I just think it's really a cool evolution of the character. Well, that, and I was kind of falling down a rabbit hole just before we started recording this about Spider-Man and the, and the multiverse stuff. And I was going to ask you if he always was this, like, there's just like a million variants of Spider-Man kind of like, like no other hero even though there are you know there's like a web of life and death and i was going to ask you about like this person neath that apparently like creates all the spider totem oh you got into the the totem stuff and and yeah well i saw spider totem and i was like what is that and then that led me to like neath and i'm like i'll just have to ask zach if he's ever heard of any of this stuff which i'm sure he has so when I said the inheritors, you were like, you probably were like, oh, I was reading about these guys this no, morning. No, I, I I didn't know who that is. I just assume an alien race of some sort. You remember, like, maybe the first episode we ever did, like the origins one, when you asked who Morlon is, and you were I like, I don't remember that, but you were like, is this guy um, Morbius? Oh yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, he's that's the guy who goes around killing all the Spider-Men. You literally, yes, he jumps from dimension to dimension and he eats the spider energy. See, had they made Porter Parker, whatever he the bad guy is, had they made him one of like Miguel's right hand men, or maybe even like the leader of the the monster Spider-Man. Yeah, the monster Spider-Man, Patton Parnell. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I do want to learn about Neath later, but he, we don't have to. I don't think it matters. I mean, I mean, it does. It it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. Um. It, yeah. Sorry. I don't no. think it's going to come into the movies. I think that. Oh, I don't. It think so would either. have been. It would have made sense for them to go that way, but I think it's pretty clear at this point that that's not the route they're taking. Yeah. Um. Okay, so what about, what do you think about, this is something that I saw that I didn't know this ahead of time, but the three Spider-Men in charge of, like, the multiverse team, Miguel O'Hara, the, the Spider-Bike Lady, what's oh, her name? Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew, and Ben Riley, who I have the Funko Pop for, um... They are three of the Spider-Men that specifically didn't become Spider-Man through these like canon events. So what does that mean? That's got to be something, right, Zach? <laughs> they didn't get bit by spiders, basically. I hear what you're saying and I would need to think on that to try and figure out if that was if that's intentional, if that means anything. I will say this. The Jessica Drew that we saw in the movie is not like any Jessica Drew we've ever seen in the comics. She's usually not black. She's, I don't know that she's ever she been pregnant. pregnant. I think, yeah, she, she is. I saw okay. some stuff about it. Oh, okay. I don't read too much 616 Jessica Drew stuff. Um, that might have been a spoiler that there's going to be a Jessica Drew in the Ultimate Universe. But, uh, I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't normally ride a motorcycle. It seems like that was just a completely new character that they made, um, and just named Jessica Drew, which I was fine Hmm. with. So I don't know Uh, what her backstory is in the movie. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that, that's true. I think that that is probably intentional and it's gonna like come in. I don't, I don't know. I don't like that they're gonna, I hope that they don't start calling Spider Man like, fake spider-man you know i don't want miguel to not be a real spider-man either right and i think that was part of what they were trying to get at in this movie because you know ever since miles has been created there's been like kind of racist nerds who get mad and they're like peter parker is spider-man miles morales is miles morales and it's like they were trying to go out of their way to say no he's spider-man too there can be you know multiple people named spider-man So do you do you like have any opinions on them like I can almost see how like this movie and the plot is like and it's like against those people specifically I think know? it is yeah and um I don't know 
it's gr- it's great but you know why even give those dorks the time of day to like <laughs> because unfortunately they are very vocal and very visible because, because segment I have of the to... comic fandom because that scene where Miguel is just like climbing up the rocket or whatever it is, like screaming at him that like, you're not Spider-Man, you don't belong here or something. That is like word for word, like comments that that you would like read about it, right? Like he's yeah. effectively just being a voice for those people right now. And I don't know. It's like, man, I you're all Spider-Man. This. Just, just, I, I. You Miguel seemed to really flip kind of quickly from going to like a good guy to like, oh, he's like not, you know, a good guy at all. But I mean, I think so, he always clearly had like shadier intentions, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that scene on the rocket, I know it was supposed to be powerful. I know it was supposed to, you know, tell us something important. That was one of the points in time where I was shushing teenagers, and I totally <laughs> missed that scene. Um. So, so did does Miguel O'Hara have like shadier intentions? Was he being shady? Because all of the other Spider Men in that place know <clears throat> this is what happens in the canon events. So he's not being shady. He's just informing Miles what happens when you're Spider Man. And Miles is the one that's, like, you know, going against the grain, which you can't, like, blame him for or anything like that. But that's why I don't know if Miguel O'Hara was really trying to do anything too wrong. He was more just trying to, like, treat him like an adult, you know? Yeah, I mean, he he sees himself as, like, a hero, but, like, the kind of hero that does, like, a necessary evil. And when I say he was, like, maybe hiding his intentions or he was shady, I'm talking specifically about two miles you know the yeah. the subject of the movie yeah um okay i've got a list do you have like a list of things that you want to touch on or no or, let's hit your or, list I, 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 I maybe got a couple here so um okay the real life cameos like the toby Maguire scene and the andrew garfield scene like sitting over the police captain or toby sitting over uncle ben what'd you think uh i loved it i thought it worked okay I mean, if there's going to be different art styles, there shouldn't can also be like, I mean, at that oh, point, 100%. any texture, any color, any yeah. kind of visual medium that you can bring in there, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, I even like the Lego too. thing. I really liked them. But then, uh, gosh, they just linger so long, I think, you know, especially there's the shot of Andrew Garfield's face. It's like they're holding for applause in the theater you know and they, i'm like they and might I'm have like, been. you guys don't have to do this this is just just you know just put him up there when you show 15 other pictures and w- everyone will still see it in the corner and be like oh my god it's it you know you don't have to like zoom in on his face and and be like so um whatever it was it was just kind of like it was something i would have expected out of the live action spider-man movies which i think are not you know i i don't think no there may be hope here they may be yeah yeah more fan service yes more fan service stories yes that's a great word um but i still really liked them i would have done the the, you know i would have been psyched i've been like oh that means that this is that these are all canon in the same multiverse and blah 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 blah. how can you not look for that those little breadcrumbs yeah um and then also childish gambino donald glover came in as the prowler yeah i liked that i yeah that was fun i i for a second thought about explaining to shy look at me mansplaining to my wife but like (laughs) she doesn't know who that is she doesn't pay attention to like pop culture stuff yeah that um and then you know how he even got the prowler role right is he wanted to play a live action miles morales and I yeah. know Miles. Well, I know that Miles Morales is like based on like Donald Glover wanting to play Spider Man. So then they made a Black Spider Man in the comics. Like Donald Glover wanting to play Spider Man came before Miles Morales was created. I did not know that. Yeah. So he's so 
I mean, not, you know, they would have eventually made a black Spider-Man. You know, the two were probably just similar timelines, but that's one of those things that they're like, Miles Morales is almost made because of Donald Glover. So, yeah. So that, um, so it is, so it is kind of cool. You get to see him in the movie, you know, um, and maybe that is the, my, the Donald Glover prowler from the MCU universe, because I think that he was does say he has a nephew named miles in the Spider-Man movies in the MCU. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think now's a good time for me to jump back to something you were asking about earlier with the earth 1610 designation. Oh, yes. Yes. So in my mind, in my understanding of it, if you say that, that means the Spider-Man we're reading about right now is dead. It also King means that he would have brains out of him. It also means that he would have been blonde. So clearly yeah. it, it wasn't super okay. accurate. That's true. So in my mind, when you give a multiversal designation to a certain reality, you know, if you say 616 that's comics you're not going to be able to adapt that into a different medium and it still exists you know you can't have a 616 movies because a it's inherently going to break whatever continuity was made yeah you know the comics because it's going to retell the same story in a different way yeah or it's going to have the characters be different or whatever. But B, it's just the form is the content in a way. You know, like, I, I don't think you could take the Miles Morales from these movies and give an actor to play him in live action and convince anyone that it's the same Miles. It would just feel so clunky. You know, yeah. even when they jump to different realities, people keep their same like art style, you know, and the live action people are still live action. So it's like you couldn't put... And no one mentions it or anything. Right. You couldn't put a live-action Andrew Garfield in a two-dimensional comic book and say, look, it's the same universe. Yeah. So... So I think they put that as, like, a nod to people like us who see it and are like, oh, 1610. This was the same thing that the Ms. Marvel actress was, like, fighting Kevin Feige about because he said at some point in some project that the MCU is earth 616. And she's well, they've like, said that in the movies multiple times. Right. And she fought back against it. And she's yeah. like, no, we've already been through this. It's earth one, nine, 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 nine. And that is what they say in this movie across the spider verse. That's what Miguel O'Hara says. Yes. So it's simul. This movie simultaneously fixed one of my big multiverse designation problems and broke another one. Well, I I think that they these movie maybe they said it was 1610 in the last one, so then they just had to say it was in this one because I think what what the movie's getting trouble doing now that there's so much multiverse stuff is they start the movies they don't know that they're going to do multiverse stuff. So they start the superhero movies as an adaptation of these comics from Earth 616. But then later on, they're like, oh, but we want to do a multiverse stuff and bring in those characters. And now once you start multiverse, now it doesn't make sense that you're Earth 616 anymore because we know what Earth 616 is. Yeah. Same with like this 1610. But whatever. I liked it. I was like, oh, nice. This is the universe Zach and I are reading about. This will make great pod content. <laughs> I feel like anytime you start a new canon or you enter a new medium it automatically has to have a different number. Yeah, that's why it would be so easy. I don't know why they choose numbers that are already popular or, you know, it's so easy to just choose anything else. Like Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. When she, Christine Palmer from the other earth, eight, three, eight is talking to Dr. Strange. And she's like, you guys are six, one, six. We're earth eight, three, eight. Just pick any two other numbers and don't don't make it a, you know, a headache for everyone involved. Like It's funny because I think they're clearly doing it trying to like as a nod and a wink to comic fans. You're messing who know it up. Those numbers, but we're <laughs> the ones who get the most angry about it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um 
Okay, so what what are some other things? Okay, here's here's one that we might be since we're talking about different universes. I think that there's some sort of um plot hole or something that needs to be explained in the third one about the fact that Miles is supposed to be Spider-Man because the Miles in Universe 42 was about to get bit by Spider-Man. And then since he didn't get bit, he became the Prowler. And the Miles in this universe, his dad is the one that's the police chief. So we could still say, oh, well, he would have died anyways as the police chief. because he, he just would have been close to Peter Parker, Spider-Man. But, you know, that's that's assuming... Because we would assume the police chief dies because he's close to Spider-Man. Or we know that. And now he's like Miles' dad. So, and I think he was supposed to be Prowler in this universe. And then he got bit and became Spider-Man. So, potentially, Earth-42 and Earth-1610 just, like, flipped exactly what's supposed to happen. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think it'd be interesting for them to explore that. But not give us a definitive answer one way or the other. Because I think... There, you know, it's narratively, you always, you know, people like to tell stories about, oh, it was their fate. But then also, I think part of the appeal of this movie was he's very defiant against fate. You know, he's like, well, whatever you say, you know, be damned. I am Spider Man. That's the reality. And I'm going to continue to be the best one yeah. I can be. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I I just like thinking about the uh, like the Earth forty two stuff, and um, and all of and all of how how that stuff changed and and everything. I don't fully understand. So they brought the spider over. Um. Yeah. I guess so. In the first movie, they're like Kingpin's working on that super collider yeah. or whatever, and I guess it just sucked it in from a different reality. And brought it to theirs. So it sucked in that spider from Earth 42, right as it was about to bite Miles. And then probably that spider was like, I have to go bite Miles Morales. <laughs> so then it bit Miles Morales. And then is that what set the moat? So the spider getting sucked over, is that what set the plot, the events of the plot off? Is that what like, also brought the other Spider-Man over to start because Gwen Stacy was like already there. Right. So I don't think, I think they because just, he meets her, the, he meets her at school too. like a couple days before all of that happens. And it was like a time thing also kind of. I think. Oh yeah. I don't, they did say, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's so easy to do like time science, <sighs> hand wavy stuff. I, for, I know for plot relevance. And it's so frustrating for my brain. <laughs> I feel like you as a doctor who fan should like be super like on the nose with this stuff. Like you should, yeah. you should just look at it and be like, Oh, this is a classic 11th doctor situation. Yeah. So, so Peter throws the bagel at spot. And that's what, like, creates Spot or something like that. Or, uh, that's not what creates him, but that's why he hates Spider-Man. It was funny in, like, a, you know, um, Mysterio worked for Iron Man all along kind of way that, like, he was in the background in the first movie and was like, yeah. no one noticed me. Oh, well, I thought, I thought it was so funny and especially since every time spider-man we talk about spider-man getting in a fight all we talk about is how he's making jokes the entire time and i thought spot had like a perfect line where he was like i was just like a throwaway joke that you made like in the last one because he just like throws a bagel at him and he says something and makes a throwaway joke and and i just thought that was perfect i'm like yeah spider-man there's consequences to you making fun of everything all the time you know yeah and this Spot is serious being a little silly dude during the that first fight <laughs> kind of felt like his equal opposite you know yeah yeah um i i like them a lot let's see gosh you know who we haven't talked about at all who's that hobie brown 
Oh my god. Um so I thought about getting on the pod in my skin tight full body spider punk suit and having my spider punk pop funko from my desk at work handy and having the spider punk statue model thing that my wife got me you, you and all my spider punk spider- comics I did not know that you have all the spider punk stuff dude yes i i've been on that train i've been on that bandwagon and look at this my boy is thriving so did it live up to the hype are you pleased with the depiction yeah yeah um to say the least uh, that was the character i was talking about earlier where i was like oh god i can see them just having him be in the background and just kind of be this goofy character that like is supposed to look cool but definitely doesn't no they made him like a three-dimensional character and i think he came out looking better he's awesome he came out looking better in this movie than just about anyone besides maybe miles he talks about fighting fascists. He hates he, the AM. He hates the PM. Yes. That's like prime minister also, Zach. Yes, that's that? what the that's what the yeah. double entendre is. Yeah. Um Oh my gosh, yeah, it was great. He's the first one to realize like Miles needs help and he's up against this big organization that is that's kind of lost sight of how to actually do good. And he's just like he's just throwing I, I used to do this as a, you know, in high school, I was an idiot. My friends and I would have bonfires and I would just take like live bullets and throw them in the bomb, the bonfire and just kind of freak everyone out. And they never what, shot. What would happen? They don't shoot out like, cause they're not in a barrel of a gun. They just kind of pop. But I, I would not recommend anyone doing that. That was like no, no, some pretty, no. pretty dumb behavior, but that's him. He's like going in and just throwing bullets in the fire. Well, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, did you notice there's a couple things about him? Gosh, I'm trying to think of like why I why I was crying so much during this movie. <laughs> I'm trying to like think of the scenes for when I did, and I I'm having kind of a hard time even remembering them. But um, a couple things about Spider Punk. One, first, I should say, did you notice when Miles is like trapped in the force field or whatever? He like goes up to him and like he does this and says palms and he like reminds him that he's got to use his palms instead of just his fingertips, which he's the one that told him that earlier, but then he reminds him of it again. So sneaky, smart. Like he you're about to say the other thing I was about to say, I was just going to say he's constantly like helping miles in ways that no one else will notice or understand. So he doesn't arise suspicion. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing that I, I didn't notice this, this at like watching it, I saw it later on, so I won't take credit, but he's uh, picking things off of all of the different things. And we think he's just like being like a spider punk, like doesn't even do anything. You know, this is just like paint, what's, whatever it's called, you know, and he's building another teleportation thing for miles that he gives him at the end. So he's stealing all these parts throughout the movie and then assumingly that's how he makes like the extra watch at the end yes yes you think he's like a spider-man because oh he got bit he's got superpowers he's kind of athletic he hates crime whatever no he's like a spider-man because he's got that like scientific and strategic mind oh yeah he's awesome love he probably was he probably was my favorite um and then we we actually read about Hobie Brown a little bit. Should we? T- and I thought there was Zach made me read comics again. We read like six pages introducing Hobie Brown to the Spider Verse, and they're fun. Six pages, they, right? They they are definitely fun. President Norman Osborn has like an army of like Venoms, and they are <laughs> defeated by the power of Punk, and. Yeah. This is 2015. Did you catch what President Osborne is saying? Um, I'm trying to pull it up, but my phone is kind of acting silly. He says something like making America he, great he again. Said we're going to make it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. um, I had to look it up and, and Donald Trump had trademarked it at that point. He actually trademarked that back in like 2012. But 
It turns out a lot of presidents have said that before. Specifically, Ronald Reagan was known for saying that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's like a Reagan thing, not even a Trump thing. Well, even as far back as Hitler, he would say some version of like make Germany great again. And it goes oh. back to that, the the myth that he wanted to create of like historical greatness and, you oh. know. Should should we add Hitler to our Mount Rushmore of pieces of work? <laughs> I mean, I think inherently, if anytime you're making a list of bad people, Hitler starts out in the inaugural yeah. class. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this was we're not we're not going to go like page by page, note by note, but this was just for anyone wondering. This was Hobie's origin story in Spider Verse issue two. Um written by Jed McKay and art by Sheldon Vela. And Jed McKay is actually one of my favorite writers. He he doesn't have like an ongoing Spider-Man book or anything, but he wrote this, which obviously I love. And then uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat is just like the funnest little thing ever. And he, he wrote that. Huh. Yeah, this Spider-Verse stuff, I was thinking, oh, that'd be fun to read. And get into. Yeah. So again, in this in this comic, he's so Norman Osborne is the president of this like dystopian future, or not future, but like alternate Earth. And he actually looks like Ronald Reagan for a split second. And then you see that he's like been absorbed by the Venom symbiote or has taken it on or something. And he No, it's like something that they made though. Right? Okay, okay he made the venom in this yeah. world and he assumes its form and he's got an army and spider-man has an army and he's got his buddy oh Captain my gosh a- this is the same issue i'm just flipping through the pages this is the same issue with like spider rex and you do just legit see this like spider-man dinosaur just flipping around in prehistoric times like fighting other di- like a green goblin dinosaur <laughs> Dude, Spider-Verse was wild. Honestly, the main story, in my opinion, isn't as fun as these issues that, like, kick it off where you're just meeting. Like, in one issue, you'll meet, like, five or six different Spider-Men and see their deal. There's a Spider-Man that you think is, like, totally normal. You think he's just a regular Spider-Man. And the twist at the end is that he lives on the moon. And, like, New York (laughs) City was on the moon the whole time. Oh, where I'm trying to read. Oh, whoops. I'm in the wrong thing. Oh, I was in 2022. That's why I was seeing all of these Spider-Verse people who were like in the movies. I was like, wow, this is these are all the people from the movies. And it's the one that was written just like a year ago. Yeah. But um, another thing. So we we didn't. I'll talk about the the things that I think matter for Hobie in the comics that I was hoping they would take over to the movie that we didn't cover in this issue is later in the spider verse event. This was where I started to really like him. Like, obviously I, I liked his character design and stuff, but he has a moment where I have a screenshot of it on my phone. Someone, someone yells at him, spider punk. And he just says, it's Spider-Man. So he doesn't even like being called Spider-Punk. The company, Marvel, calls him that for, like, IP purposes. But in his mind, he's not the derivative, you know, punk form of someone else. He's, like, his own person. Yeah. This dude's awesome. (laughs) He he says, that was the day I want to do a British accent, but I can't. Or that's okay me or whatever no he's, that was he's the day we took america back from the ones who would crush us under their boots yeah so, so that was part of the reason why i didn't i didn't think i was gonna and, like him in the movie this... is they made him british and i thought he oh was... my gosh no way that's perfect that's like a perfect uh punk rock kind of guy i think that's what everyone i got into arguments on twitter with people about this and they're like but but what country started punk rock? And I was like, if you think I'm about to say the answer is the UK, you're wrong. Because wasn't it the Sex Pistols? Whenever you think of anarchy, 
you think of the Sex Pistols, right? That's just like word association. Right. But... Anarchy in the UK, Zach. I know. So that was their first single. That came out in 76. It came out a few months after Blitz Creek Bop by the Ramones from New York came out. Which oh, is that's considered... a fun jaunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's considered the first punk song. And here's the other thing. The Ramones and Spider-Man have always been tied together because they're from Forest Hills, Queens. Peter Parker Ooh. lives in Forest Hills, Queens. They're the two most famous residents of Forest Hills, Queens, fictional or non-fictional. So, oh, well, now you would love to see Spider-Punk say something about that. Well, that's has the thing. he ever he does. commented on it? Yeah. He's constantly referencing bands and making quotes and stuff. His universe is even a reference. It's Earth 138. Usually the multiversal designations don't mean anything. They just pick a number out of a hat. It's the Misfits have a song called We Are 138. And that's a reference. Wow. So that they named his universe after that. Wow. And um, the patch on his back that's an X that says FNSM. Yep. That is a version of the New York hardcore logo that would normally say NYHC. And it stands for Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> so he has, he's got <laughs> the awesome. Liberty Spikes, which would look like maybe something from the UK punk scene of the 70s. But he's got that back patch, which would be something from like the New York hardcore scene. Well, he could still be from New York. He's maybe just from like the UK, but he still lives in New York. You know, maybe he moved over and got bit by a spider or something. I think they're just different people. I think the comics version is from New York and the movie version is from the because UK. Because you never you can't read an accent in a comic, you know. Yeah. No, he's I think later in the comics he's specifically like always been from New York, but yeah. I'm fine with it. If that was the main thing they changed, my biggest thing was when I saw them change that, I was like, "Oh, they're just keeping the cool character design and they're going to make him a different person." No, like for the most part they they gave him agency and a real character and motivations yeah. and stuff so i was fine with it and is this in this fight in the comic book that we're going to touch on for another 30 seconds is this punk captain america that's fighting side by side with him or is that just a hoodlum dressed up like punk captain america that's actually, i think it's him that's actually captain anarchy that's his best friend um now, is that just who Captain America is in this comic? It is, yep. That's uh, Steve Rogers? No. Look at this. No, oh. it's actually... So originally they call him Carl Morgenthau. And then in... Carly um, Morgenthau. Is that... Does that, that was, mean... That was, that was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, that was in the in the Marvel TV show Falcon and Winter Soldier that came out this past year or two years ago or whatever. That's who was in charge of like the anarchy group that were the bad guys were Ka Kylie Morgenthau. Wow, I never picked up on that. That's awesome. There so originally wow. they call him that. And then last year there was a five issue Spider Punk miniseries. And inexplicably, they changed his name to Carl Morning Dew. <laughs> and I even wrote in, I wrote in a couple different times to that series and I got my name published in the book and they like thanked me in the final issue. And that was cool. But one of the ones that I wrote in that they didn't write was I was like, is this a mistake or are we supposed to like get some meaning from his name now being morning Dew? <laughs> like, does that mean something? That's funny. The only thing I could come up with is it vaguely sounds native American and they might've been making a statement about like, captain america being an actual native hmm. american i could see that but they don't say it explicitly they say that he's gay but they don't say you know yeah that he's native american or yeah. not um okay one other thing on spider-verse probably the most negative thing i'm gonna say about it is um it did feel like the movie was cut off at the end and specifically i was watching it in the theater and the editing is just so awesome i'm just so so ready for this fight between spot because spot has like fully ascended and 
you know, Gwen shows back up and she's got the team of Spider-Verse people, I start crying, of course. <laughs> I'm like, yes. And and in my head, Zach, I promise you, I had this thought. I go, oh my gosh, this would be like such a good time to end the movie if they were if this was a two-parter. But I'm so glad it's not a two-parter and we're about to see this fight. And it ended like 20 seconds later. And I was like, I didn't know that this was a two-part movie. I, I was like, I was just so psyched for this upcoming battle. I, and and I think the movie was only two hours. And I'll go in and watch a three-hour movie, you know, no problem. So, oh, man, I was bummed, though. I, I, I literally had that thought to myself. <sighs> well, the good news is the release date for the next one is only like a year away. I think I heard someone I know, say... It's, it's like not even a year, I think. It's like the closest... Uh, sequel that marvel has ever put out yeah and that's what it feels like that both of these were probably made like at the same time like this is very much a two-part movie not like spider-verse and across the spider-verse was like one movie and then this is a sequel this one and the next one feel like a two-part movie like in like infinity war endgame kind of and i think that's how it was originally marketed i think when they first announced it they called it like Across the Spider Verse Part One, and I think they changed the oh. name closer to the release. Well, date. I did not know that, and I was like, "Yes, Gwen got all the old Spider Verse people in here." Um, so I'm really looking forward to the third one. I I assume that it will be very very good because they seem like they know what they're doing. Yeah, in these, I agree. Oh, real quick, uh, aside about Penny Parker, the yep anime girl do you know who her creator was brian michael bendis no oh gerard way of my chemical romance really yeah he wrote her it it was one of the these another one of these characters that was like for the lead up to um spider-verse in the comics and I, I don't know how if he approached them or they approached him or whatever, but it's like, oh, that's cool. Hey, Gerard Way, you've made Umbrella Academy and people love you for My Chemical Romance. You want to create a little anime Spider-Man girl? And he's like, yeah, that's awesome. Um, A couple. One other quick note. There is an Indian Spider-Man. I'm not, I'm not sure of his name, but probably he listened to that one speech and that's how he got yeah and he's actually he getting influenced he's actually getting himself a little uh five-part miniseries so that's and awesome he was awesome like the way yes. he was like flipping around with his bangles and just like cracking jokes i thought he was he and hobie brown were probably my two favorite characters when he came back at the end in the final scene with all the when it was like hobie brown whatever his name is power to power yeah i don't know it makes me think of like the 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 uh hogwarts people pavarti patil yeah or something you, you don't want to get it wrong i know that's why like, i like but, but i also don't want to be like i don't know his name it doesn't matter what his name is because i can't say it it does matter we just don't have it readily yeah. available um but they were like my two favorite characters in the in the movie. So when they came back with all the people from the last movie, I was like, this is a perfect team. Yeah. And they were like best friends, too, which was pretty wholesome, even though they yeah. seemingly have nothing in common. Yeah. And I, and I yeah, I loved his like his world where it's like New York is in India. That was that was a cool little. Yeah. Mumbai. Yeah. Um, okay, here's something else that I think multiverse stories, they get themselves into trouble with. And I know you can just like hand wave plot holes as like it's a it's a comic book. But if Miles is not supposed to be Spider-Man and Miles is not supposed to stop Spot from killing the police captain in Mumbatton, then... That captain wouldn't have died because Spot wouldn't be there in the first place if Miles wasn't Spider-Man. So that can't be a canon event in Mumbatton without Miles needing to become Spider-Man and explode the thing so then Spot gets his powers so then Spot can go over there and kill the police captain. 
maybe see he would have see how none of it makes yeah, yeah i get what you're saying maybe he would have died eventually in another way just anyways in a way. yeah 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 i mean that's what that's what you just have to be is like well he just would have died anyways or maybe well no spot wouldn't have gotten made anyways because miguel o'hara specifically says the collider never would have gone off if like miles didn't get bit yeah so oh i also want to address this little thing that i keep seeing across the internet everyone's like surprised that that hobie would have like a police captain that he was close with or something and they're like oh actually if you look at how his doc martens are laced up uh it means that he's killed a cop so maybe he had to kill his own police captain that he liked or whatever (laughs) i just want to go on the record and say lace code is the most fake like tiktok kid wikipedia something and then just (laughs) ran with it and made it seem like it's actually matters thing ever it might have at some point decades ago in like some regional place like new york it might have mattered a little bit but truly i promise you hobie brown didn't kill his captain and the way his shoelaces are laced up doesn't mean anything and if you know anyone who's punk or go to punk shows the way they lace their shoes does not mean anything (laughs) come off that's, it that's really that's like peak internet something that you'd read all these tiktok kids are like oh i looked into it and if you do it this way it means you're a nazi and if you do it this way it, it means, means you're a nazi i'm i'm not uh, kidding i laced up my sneakers wrong today and the Pe- kids called me a nazi people are getting so stressed out that they're like gonna do it wrong and get stomped and it's like Oh my god, that's not a thing. You guys are just convincing yourself wow. anyone ever looks yeah. at your shoelaces and it matters. Yeah. That that's that's one thing when when there was one line that Miguel O'Hara was like save enough police captains. I feel like I've got a pretty good Isaac Oscar Isaac by by the way. <laughs> He's like save enough police captains and the the canon events the world falls apart or something like that and I if we even talked about what are the Spider-Man canon events. If we go back and listen to our episode zero, we talk about what are the things that are in every Spider-Man story. And you know, the things we probably mentioned are bit by a spider, which yep. three people in charge are not. Um, you lose uncle Ben, which also, I don't even think Miguel O'Hara did that. He like lost his kids, right? He didn't lose a father figure. Um, but nowhere do we see, lose a police captain i i don't i've only i don't see we that just covered, like, we just covered the death of george stacy in our run <sighs> yeah but he's like the only i guess that's, i guess he's yeah, the that's, only one because he's the one who always dies yeah uh, that's the one for peter parker that would all you know would always be the case yeah. or i guess okay in the okay. 90s gene DeWolf. okay and now uh mr morales yeah, Captain Morales. That's not his name. Or, no, it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's Jefferson. Jefferson. I think his name is Jefferson Davis. It's it's Jefferson Davis, and I've always wondered why the hell they did that. For I don't know, our that's listeners, so, that's so that's so goofy to name someone that a black man. For yeah. our listeners outside of the United States, Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy during the American Civil War. So he's kind of a symbol of racism. And I don't understand why, but our good buddy, Brian Michael Bendis named, you know, well, there, he, Miles's dad after that guy, you know, he must've had some reason to do it because he also very consciously doesn't make the name Miles Davis, which I guess would be hilarious also, uh, because that's like a famous musician, but isn't it because I was just, I like read about this very briefly, but isn't it because like maybe miles's dad his dad was like a piece of work so he didn't want to carry on that family name or something like that so that's why they're they go with morales i don't know i have read miles's run but i'm not remembering what you're talking about it might be in there and i've just you know doesn't i I forget things like within a week (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, uh, do you have anything else on Spider-Verse? I feel like we've done it pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, we've had a pretty good effort. I'm, trying it to, to I'm death. sure that I'm sure that I'm going to we're going to end this call and I'm going to be like, oh, I wanted to talk about that. And another thing. I mean, it's not like this is our last podcast ever. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we're the bosses. We can say, oh, yeah, we're going to jump back to an old conversation just because. Yeah. Um. Well, if we don't have anything on that. I maybe I know it's just a bonus episode, so we don't necessarily have to do other things. But I watched something else that I was going to see if you watched, even though I know that you didn't. What's I'm that? Not gonna t- there you go. I was going to say you have to ask. Um, the new Black Mirror episodes came out this past week. Do you ever watch Black Mirror? I I don't. I've never okay. never watched it. Okay. Um, they had like five episodes that came out and I was, you know, but, it, but if you're not interested in them, then I mean, I might, I, I'll, I'll be off all next week. So I might, you know, look to binge something. Um, well, some, Excuse of, me. So, some of them were good. And if, <clears throat> if you've never seen black mirror, I think that, uh, you might like them more than someone who has watched black mirror for like six seasons now because and now i'm gonna complain a little bit and sound like i'm like you know hating but black mirror used to like really make you think and you'd like leave the episode and be like oh my gosh i have things to reflect on because of that you know not in a deep way but just in like a like kind of creepy way you you know you it'll come back to you like four hours later and be like, man, that was, that was weird when that happened. And that, you know, and sometimes they have twists involved that you're like, Oh my God. So, and then the stereotype of black mirror has become over the past couple of years. It's just like technology is evil, no matter what, you know, and, and it's, and it's like, it was an AI the whole time, or it was a dream. And, and this season it just felt like a lot of that where it was a lot of like, um, you know, they're, they're just a spoil if you don't want any, any spoilers at all, but there are episodes where they're like, this was AI the whole time. And, it, and it's no longer, or one of them was like, she was a werewolf, you know? And it's like, that's not even real. What are you even talking? This isn't, this is nonsense stuff. So, you know, shows like that, Black Mirror, and, and there's another one called Inside Number Nine that I think is really good that I've told you before is a really good one. Um, so but they used to like subvert expectations. You'd be watching something and the whole time you'd be watching the episode, it'd keep you on your toes because you're like, what am I missing here? You know, and now it has become, I think, the episodes very obviously lead you down a path where it's just kind of weird. But it's not subversive at all. Yeah. It's just like, this is, yeah, this is weird. But it, but I, 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 you know, I don't really have to think about what I'm watching. You're just telling me, like, it's bad to be a werewolf. There's (laughs) nothing else like it's going on. Sometimes that's an important lesson, John. I mean, I I didn't know it before I watched it. So, yeah. Um, I've always had this impression, just like, from how people talk about black mirror is it like a mixture of the twilight zone and american horror story um i don't really watch american horror story that much but but i i I have seen a little bit of it and i think that that's probably a really good like comparison yeah because it's it's definitely supposed to be like twilight zone-esque and then you know, it's supposed to, to 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 put it in a really lame term, but this is why it's called Black Mirror, is it's supposed to hold a mirror up to society and show, like, the darker, like, side of, of society. That's right. just, like, underneath all of the, like, pleasantness, kind yeah. of. So, and there's some, and there's some good ones. It's worth watching, you know. Um, but a better show that does the same thing as that is called Inside Number Nine, and that is uh that's a British show on BBC that's really good. Well, I don't know so how to watch go. BBC shows, but I'll definitely get a VPN, Zach. Okay. Sponsored by NordVPN. You 
kids and your newfangled <laughs> internets. Um, yep. I'll definitely, I'll definitely check out Black Mirror. No promises as to you know if it'll be like by the next time we've recorded or anything. But oh no, you, I, I mean, you don't even have to. It's not. It is. <clears throat> it is something that I've known for years. I probably would like if I gave it a chance. Oh, there, there are some episodes like. You know, now there's six seasons. Each season probably has like five to six episodes. So there's probably like 30 at this point. And, you know, most of them, I would say, are, you know, they're all worth watching if you like that kind of kind of unsettling type of type of stuff. But but there's probably like 10 or 15 that are like hard hitting, like, you know, oh, man, that was good. Or like you turn that TV off after and you're like, that was bleep. Sorry, Zach. Got to do your edit. Yeah. I mean, fifteen out of thirty—that's that's a pretty good success yeah. rate for a TV yeah. show. It's yeah. been on that yeah, long. It's, it's, it's probably worth Yeah, it's worth checking out. Okay. Well, cool. And the sixtieth and the sixtieth uh, anniversary of Doctor Who is November twenty third. So I'm going to let you know now. In November, we need to do a, some sort of a Doctor Who episode. I've been telling you, I want I know, the bonus. I know. <laughs> John explains all of Doctor yep. Who. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to do that like in November. Okay, we can do that before the sixtieth. Bet. Okay. Cool. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else either. That was fun. Yep. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed us uh, talking about Spider Verse. And if you guys watched Spider Verse and and you know had any comments or you you think anything I said was stupid, which, which is very uh, reasonable, let us know. Um, yeah. or if you think Zach said any smart things, which is also reasonable. <laughs> um, um, but thank thanks everyone for listening, and thanks to Ian Hickey for the music, Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. Um. And yeah, thanks for listening, leaving us a review, a comment. You can find us at the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or on Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or YouTube at Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. See you next week where we're back on the Ultimate Spider-Man universe. (laughs) 